The Outlet. The Talk of Queenstown. Welcome to The Outlet. I'm your host, Brent Harbour. In this podcast, I talk to Queenstown Mayor Glyn Lewis. Now, Glyn has been mayor for about a year and a half. We chat about the big talking points from the public and councillors, the challenges faced last year with water and landslides, what a new government means for funding, and Project Manawa. For the latest local news, sport, information and entertainment, download the Queenstown app. This is The Outlet. G'day, Glenn. Welcome to The Outlet Podcast. G'day, Brett. And how's your day been so far? Oh, it's been awesome. Now, you're a very busy man. You're about a year and a half into your term as mayor. So from talking to people, whether it's fellow councillors or the public, what are the things that keep coming through as their biggest concerns? Yeah, so early on in my tenure, it was obviously housing came through quite strongly, both in the media and in the public. I think as we transitioned out of the pandemic and getting the wheels back on the tourism train, let's say, staff retention and the housing of staff was pretty much a critical issue, especially for businesses here in uh, Queenstown and Wanaka. And staffing sort of eased off, but the housing issue still remains and that will remain some time. I think when I look at the Lakes District Museum, I've got this little photo on my phone that's got a little article from 1972 that talks about exactly what we're talking about now. It doesn't mean that it's right to have these housing shortages here, but it is a, yeah, it's a tough structural issue that and as I've delved into it over the last year that we've just had, you see that it's quite complex and the actual reasons why we have the housing uh, shortages as we do, it's not just a real quick fix. There has to be concerted effort amongst many agencies to turn that one around. Yeah, there's definitely no quick fix for it, is there? No, and uh, councillors, it's hard because of what, I had seven new councillors this, this term. It's fair to say, I don't want to speak on their behalf, but from my point of view, it took a while to get their feet under the table and feel comfortable in expressing their views. And believe it or not, it's the simple issues that affect day-to-day running of just living your lives normally. Those cost of living pressures are evident and just making day-to-day stuff easier for, for residents. That's what the councillors there mainly think about and how to make business run properly and how those community facilities can be run and accessible to all and have that equity of access across the district. It's pretty simple in those respects, but we've got some pretty strong headwinds that we're going to have to deal with. And when I look at, now I think we'll talk about it a bit later, but the long-term plan, I still believe this is the toughest long-term plan that any council has ever had to deal with in the Queenstown Lakes history. Well, you have got a lot on your plate and a lot of things to do. And of course, we throw into that mix a new government. So has there been an update from central government on funding? Uh, They're always talking about cutting costs and Chris Luxon ruled out a bed tax and a visitor levy last time he was in Queenstown. So are you hearing any solutions being offered? So they've got a 100-day plan that they're working to and I think we can all but we can look at that plan and see, okay, they're just winding back some of the stuff the previous government did. I think there's some philosophical differences between the two and, and the country voted uh, um, to allow those philosophical differences to be enacted. So they're doing that. And I think by once that 100-day plan gets sorted through, I'm forever hopeful, let's say, that discussions over how the revenue side for local government is addressed costs are increasing and the costs are increasing if you're on a business or even in the household they're all increasing we all understand that but the revenue side 
that has not kept pace. And then you're also cognizant of the fact that we just can't keep taking extra rates from the same people all every year, year on year. But that is the only way councils are funded at this present time. And it's the only mechanism we have. As for different funding options, the visitor levy is still live. I think it's probably got wheels nationally now, but in a way that probably doesn't benefit Queenstown as much as we'd hope. But the current government has been open to different to talk about different ways that funding can be um, sourced and different ways of raising it. I'd probably say that the Act policies are probably more beneficial for Queenstown, but I don't know how applicable they are elsewhere in New Zealand. So there's a, it's a watch the space a bit, but I can tell you now that I'm in the year of any politician from central government at any time, whether that year is not in Queenstown or in Wellington. That sounds good. So, I mean, all this must be impacting on your plans for council spending. And, you know, as you mentioned, how does it affect rates? Yeah, so just before we all went on break, um, in late December, we got a letter and a directive from the Minister for Local Government regarding Three Waters. And it's a complete turnaround from the previous government where Three Waters are now back on, in council's box. And I've just spent the last two weeks back in the office trying to figure that out with staff, how we can massage that back into our long-term plan. We're talking about probably about just over $800 million worth of investment back onto our balance sheet. And obviously, that affects rates. And I publicly said that it was always going to cost if it came back into council spending. And you're probably looking at 3 to 5% extra in rates consistently over the next 10 years on top of what we've already been planning. We, as councillors and myself as the mayor, we're looking at some of these figures and we're looking pretty hard at them because there's going to be some very tough decisions and there's going to be some pretty uncomfortable conversations in the next month or two. And you are working through lots of major issues and you know, trying to keep pace with the tourism numbers growing again. Then you throw in unexpected things like the crypto bug and the water plant barrier issues, the landslips. You've had some really challenging things all land at once, Glenn. So what was it like to take all those phone calls and then have to take all those meetings and start to sort those problems out? It's interesting while you're in the middle of it, you do what you have to do and you make the best decisions you can on the information you have in front of you at the time. And so expanding on that, while that, those emergency or those issues are occurring, it's you're pretty much present and just dealing with the here and now at the time. And yeah, it was challenging, but what gives you confidence, especially in the emergency management side, is when you see all that planning and preparation just straight into gear and it's such a well-oiled machine it does give you confidence and it means hey I've got to step up and actually support this crew because they're doing such an amazing job behind the scenes and look when we had the crypto bike happen and then unfortunately the landslide and the, the weather issue pretty much in that same week yeah, council resources were stretched now, I can remember com staff were up till midnight dealing with the crypto stuff and then the next day the rain hit and we were short two or three comm staff so we couldn't actually get the messages out that we wanted in in the time but we just had to deal with it as that arose. Coming stepping back there's probably this whole these last Christmas holidays have probably given me time to reflect on how I would handle it differently or how, would I handle it the same when it's probably from my own reflection probably asking questions differently to people that were giving me advice at the time but overall 
I'm pretty happy how we dealt with it. We're just now moving into how we could probably deal with it better and, and some of those strategic decisions of how we can make sure some of these things never happen again. You always look for the opportunities out of out of stuff like this. But I'll admit, it was a tough time. Well, that's important, I mean, because you are, as you say, in the here and now. Yeah. But actually, probably on reflection, you're thinking, well, it does help when you're thinking about the planning for the future, right? Yeah, and it does. And especially, well, look, water investment, cryptosporidium. Let's just put the barriers in. We took the opportunity not just to put the barrier in at the two-mile one. That was the concern of the regulator. We actually funded and made sure that we got the protozoa barriers in on West Wanaka and further upgrades will happen over on that side of the hill as well. So to be in the middle of that crisis and then still see the opportunities where we can actually protect other parts of the district and actually put critical infrastructure in at that same time and use it as an opportunity, I thought that was great thinking from council and to have that foresight and planning saying, hey, we're in the middle of a mess here, but hey, we've got some opportunities to really go for it for the whole district. It means that uh, the rest of the country is all out of UV filters and I see the regulators now told them they've got to put them all in, but we've, we've pretty much taken all the market supply out of New Zealand. So <laughs> there's a little bit of an advantage of being the first mover. No, you always, <laughs> yeah. you got to be a little bit happy with that one. So they'll probably be paying more for their UV filter. Now, there's been a lot of local feedback too about Project Manawa saying that the new council office should be in Frankton rather than the CBD. So can you give me a bit of an update on your thinking on this? Okay, so we went out to consultation on two things with regarding that site in town. So the first one was the land tenure status exchange. So all we're doing there, all we're proposing is to uplift the reverse reserve status of the land and swap it out to freehold and shift the reserve status out to land we own out in Frankton. That's one part of the proposal. The second part of the proposal was the establishment of a CCR, of a council-controlled organisation, in partnership with Naitahu to do a, a joint venture to build council offices. Um, I'm a little bit reluctant to give you my thinking because I've got to keep an open mind because we're under yeah, sure. regard through consultation and hearings. But I can tell you that over the last year and actually seeing this progress and seeing where we are now, the status quo of where we are with these five different offices across Queenstown. The type of buildings we're in, the building that we're in that we, the actual council chambers on Broad Road, that's untenable. Status quo is not an option. It will cost a lot more to keep status quo. Rates will would rise if we keep status quo, if, if we were to follow that. The two cheapest options is the one before us, uh, JV with Naitahu in Stanley Street, or we build it ourselves on our own land. Now, the bet to happen would probably have to upfront more front-end cost. So this generation would probably pay more rather than spreading it over multiple, say, have intergenerational debt. The reason why that would cost less in the long term if we just build it on our own land is because our rate of lending is roughly 2 to 3% less than what you can go to the bank with. Problem is land. We are very short of land in Frankton. The only land available we could do this would be, say, the event centre. The other side of that is the real shortage in recreational facilities we see in Queenstown are sports fields and indoor courts. So we could, okay, go to Frankton, we then rob Peter to pay Paul sort of thing. We destroy our recreational view and, and put in civics here. We've got five mile out there, same 
situation. We've bought that for community facilities, sports fields, because we know there's a shortage. We just grew at 8% this year over the district. It was actually 9% in Queenstown, 5% in Wanaka, 8% on average over the district. So we've got some pretty big growth issues. But then I go back to Project Manoa, and that's a whole suite of things. And it's just the, it's the civic centre for the council offices, a library, performing arts, and actually initiating a public transport hub. It's a bit of a strategic project that also involves creating more transport routes coming through from Arthur's Point. When we upgrade that, Canal Bridge brings in a new entry to Queenstown. It also opens up whether we go down stages two and three for the bypass arterial route, where that even opens up more city development and how we want to see Queenstown CBD develop. Then also probably more recreational availability and events availability at the Queenstown uh, recreation ground in the middle of town. So there are some benefits for town that it's not just a civic centre for myself and CE to sit and drink coffee or whatever people think we do. When I look at the costings and the financials side of it, the two options of build our own on our own land that we own in the one before us project manual over the the long term, the 30 years, they're probably much rates neutral. But when you look at Manawa, it, it allows us to invest, to one, do that land status swap from reserve to freehold. And it allows us to actually participate in capital gain in the land value underneath. And that's actually building asset value for Queenstown, for the residents of Queenstown. If we don't do that, it'll stay as reserve. The actual asset value of the land will stay stagnant. We will not participate in any capital gain in land value. So there are pros and cons of each one, but we'll just wait till the consultation and obviously that decision regarding land status swap and CCO, that's only one step. The actual step of actually building on there, that will probably be a decision looking at our long-term planning five years away. So it's not a decision for them. Well, there's a lot going on, Glenn, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a... It's a, there's a lot in there and sometimes it's a real struggle in how we communicate those thoughts and ideas because it's like six, seven years of work that's gone into that and to put it out there in a little five-page glossy can be quite difficult. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. But hey, you know, everything is still up for discussion and you got your work ahead for you. Well, it's been really great having a chat to you today, Glenn, and I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Will do, and thanks, Brent. It's been it's a bit... Pretty good to talk, and um, hopefully, I haven't talked too much. No, no, it's been absolutely perfect. Thank you. Cheers. On Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, The Outlet, the talk of Queenstown. Thanks for listening to The Outlet, your local interview podcast for Queenstown. Now, if you have a story or an interview you think should be featured on The Outlet podcast, get in touch by using the contact button on your Queenstown app. The outlet is produced and published by the Queenstown app and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. All episodes of The Outlet are available on the podcast button on your Queenstown app and wherever you get your podcasts.